Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creatives of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email us and let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in with GIST today. I'm your host, Kara Tomei, and I will be talking with two very dedicated and motivated individuals who have single-handedly, or perhaps I should say double-handedly, through working extremely hard outside of their art practices and jobs to create a legitimate art scene in the San Fernando Valley. Yes, that is the unfairly cliched, the valley, which you would say with air quotes, in L.A. County, where a lot of people might still assume that no artists live and nothing creative is going on, but those people are wrong, and these two women are here to prove it today. So I want to welcome Erin Stone and Addie Renteria to Just Radio. Hello. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for having us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm very looking forward to having our audience hear all about the 1111 Creative Collective. I'm going to just jump right in and start asking you questions about the hows and the whys and the wheres of 1111. Uh, I visited your art walk a couple of times, and it's really exciting, the energy and the buzz, and you've had great growth with, with the collective, and, and I want to hear all about it. So let's uh, step one though would just be to quickly um, introduce yourselves and and how did you meet and get started? Um, Addie Renteria, I'm just going to ask you to start with that question. Um, so Erin and I met about so I want to say like seven years ago through mutual friends, and we uh, clicked right away. We had a lot of things in common, and we had a very um, similar vision for what we wanted to do uh, as far as transforming the valley into something that hasn't been in a long, long time. Um, We just started doing, 11.11 basically just grew out of our desire to uh, see art that we wanted, that we liked and in our hometown. And so we uh, did a small fundraiser in one of our houses and then that kind of kicked us off into doing more shows, and here we are. <laughs> We've That's been doing 11-11, yeah, for about, we started in 2009. 2009. Can I add okay, something? So in a few years. Yes, Erin, please add something um, to that, yep. It was actually pretty funny because I had done some traveling, I had come back, and I had all of these photographs that I wanted to show, and I didn't really know how to, like, break into starting to show work anywhere. Um, So I had this opportunity in Hollywood, again, through mutual friends, to show some of my photographs. And Addie, of course, was one that, you know, came to the show to see and to participate and, you know, have fun with all of us. And at one point, we all looked around and realized that everybody at this show at Hollywood was from the Valley. Almost everybody. (laughs) Um, Uh Uh-huh. You know, our entire social group, all of our friends, 
And, you know, at that point, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, why are we all out here in Hollywood? Like, we are all Valley kids that are out here at this show. Why, why, why do we not have something like this happening at home? You know, why are we all traveling over the hill? So, and then as Addie said, you know, it just kind of went from there and we were like, you know what, we should do this. And that was that. That is awesome. I mean, just the, the, that you're motivated enough to do it is incredible right there. And then I know that you started by doing pop-ups and empty storefronts. So, um, like, Addie, how did that, you, I mean, was that just kind of something you knew about? The pop-up movement had been starting to flourish in, in 2009, but not so much, I mean, a lot more now. And so did you just look at another model of, of pop-ups or, and, and just knock on doors? How did that happen? Well, um, I had actually been curating art shows with another nonprofit, um, and I was familiar with um, coming in and doing pop-up shows, you know, like one or two night shows. And so um, we started, I told, I talked to Erin about it, and we said, let's just go to, like, go to a bar and see if they would, like, let us set up shop for a night. And that's exactly what we did, and they welcomed us, and then we went to the next bar and then to the next bar. <laughs> and then we started looking at empty retail um, storefronts. And then we got the um, some, we got four spaces over in Canoga Park. And that was kind of what helped us, like, propel us into doing bigger shows in empty uh, retail storefronts. I think it's so great. I mean, it is truly, I mean, I guess you would call this a grassroots start because here you are just two creative, motivated young uh, women who want their want to see art in their community and you go from, you know, basically putting art up in a bar to, just to skip ahead, close to 3,000 people coming to your art walks. So that is yeah. an incredible <laughs> jump. And so let's fill in the blanks there because it's very, very exciting that you've had this kind of growth. So you started with empty storefronts and I assume, you know, just got, better at it and more of them more people coming and obviously there's a lot of creative people in the valley because the synergy of that just really started to take off so Erin when would you when would you say that it really started the ball really started to roll forward fast and 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 really get that um energy going to the to like the middle point where where was that like when did you decide on the art walks as an expansion of maybe the the storefronts so i mean i I think that the uh, going to the question of when did it really start to take off, even with Canoga Park Art Walk and everything that we had done before that, I would say 2013 is where, like, everything really started to take off. Um, before that, the we had actually had somebody um, from the Canoga Park Improvement Association contact us, uh, you know, have, having heard about what we were doing and having known that, you know, these spaces were offered to us. And with their support, the art walk kind of became what it was. Um, That's great. So you the, got city, official city support for doing these uh, events, the, the art walk. Yes. And that's something that that's before the art walk we were really struggling with, you know, setting up in mm -hmm. bars, uh, setting up in community centers, you know, some uh, local businesses that may have, like, a classroom in the back and, you know, such and such was great, and we had a lot of fun doing it, and there was a, you know, large amount of people that would come out and check it out, but it really wasn't until we got the, you know, city help um, and the city support that things really start to take off. 
Right. Well, we all know that artists bring in energy and uh, more, not only energy but people and business. I mean, this is something, it's like a proven thing that artists help communities get started or, 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 or go in, you know, bigger ways, and I'm really glad to hear that Canoga Park and the Valley, and they obviously saw that this was a way to enhance their community, and they should, and all, honestly, all city uh, community, all city uh, governments should support efforts like this, because it brings people out to the business. It helps a city financially. I mean, that's like, hello, <laughs> something that, you know, we, we, we know, but you actually walked through that experience and have seen that you know, happen. And so are you still connected with the same people at the city uh, now, All the, you know, these years later? Definitely. I mean, we're hoping to continue the relationships with the with the city on all levels. I mean, that's really... Yeah, I would hope that they see that. Yeah. I mean, and I think how you mentioned before that this really is a grassroots gorilla kind of project. Um, and 2013 was the point where it really started to take off was because the city is starting to, you know, notice who we are, take note of us and uh, call on us for certain things and offer us different opportunities. I think that's really where, at least for us, especially in the San Fernando Valley, where there isn't too much going on, um, you know, that's that's where things can really blast off is when you have right. the support of the community. Absolutely. And so, Addie, when did the Art Walk become what it is now, which is a huge block party with art groups, <laughs> with people selling art, people selling crafts, people doing live art right there, a, a big strip of live artists painting. Uh, there's bands, there's performers. I mean, that is a, a big mm-hmm. yeah, big growth there. So when did that uh, develop and, and take off the, to, to be what it is now? Well, um, definitely, as Erin mentioned, it was this past year, and it was actually a, a happy accident that that happened because previous to that, we had been inside the uh, four empty retail storefronts, and what we used to do, we used to set up um, all of our vendors and crafters on the sidewalks, and um, there was always an issue or concern of safety, so we had been... Um, asking the city to help us shut the street down for, you know, the time that we were there. And what ended up happening this year is that um, the empty uh, retail storefronts weren't available to us. So we were kind of forced to make a block party. And so we really pushed to get the uh, permit to close the street. And once that happened, it was just like, it just kind of blew up. And we were like, what? <laughs> we had to get... Um, we were able to fit a lot more vendors, and Erin had this brilliant idea to bring in live art um, artists and have them paint. And it was a very interactive and very uh, um, like incredible way to showcase artists doing their thing and then musicians doing their thing and bringing food trucks and having all of the vendors interact with each other. And it was just really a really great thing to see come together in a span of, you know, we had, I think we had like two or three months to plan the whole thing. So we were just kind of thrown to the, <laughs> to the wolves in, in a matter of months, and we just had to figure it out. And then by the third month that we were doing it, it was like a very well-oiled machine. So we were, re- we're really proud of that. So we're hoping. Well, you um, <laughs> and, yeah, people especially, responded really, really well to it, too. I mean, people were, especially, you know, summers in, in, in the Valley are extremely hot. 
And so it was really yeah. nice people out. And we started around, we started the art walk at um, 5 p.m. So it's, it cools off and people are out and about. And it's just really great to see people walking and taking ownership of their streets and their community. And the really great thing to see is that the adjacent um, businesses are actually coming out into the sidewalk and setting up a little table and bringing DJs and, you know, having their own thing, which was really important to us for the community to see that this was something that they could do and that they could take ownership of their street for the time that we were there. So we're really, really happy with the outcome of this past year. That's great. I, yeah, that you have told me that the community has really finally started to to embrace it. So where are the art walks at, at present? You're, they, you you program them five months out of the year. If anyone is listening who's like, oh, I want to check that out, um, where are you in programming with the art walks? Um, we're definitely at, planning on doing it again um, this year. Um, we uh, are hoping to do it at least three months out of the year because it's a lot of work for us. Um, and we are um, off of Sherman Way and Owens Mouth in Canoga Park. And then all the businesses around that area, we have maps and we have uh, uh, different businesses that come out and sort of shop in that area. But it's mostly Sherman. It's on the corner of Sherman Way and Owens Mouth. And you so are cool. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I no, think it's so cool, which Addie mentioned, um, you know, we did the art walks over the summer, so it was four months or five months out of the summer. Um, and from there, the businesses this year, the businesses decided to really kind of take ownership of it, as Addie mentioned. Um, and they decided that they wanted to continue, you know, their third Thursdays celebration year-round. So kind of from what we, you know, started with the empty storefronts and then moving out onto the street on Sherman on Sherman Way and Owens Mouth, they've decided that every third Thursday of every month, you know, they're going to have some musicians play, they're going to have some art up, and the whole downtown historic Canoga Park is now celebrating every month. Um, so you mean, as, you mean before before you girls came in and started the art walk, they didn't have a every third Thursday event. No, they they had. Oh nothing. my gosh, the amazing. third Thursday event was really what for us had started as the summer art walk and then transformed. We actually decided to rebrand and change the name to make it more user friendly for the community. That it didn't specifically have to be an art walk. Um, it could just be, you know, a celebration of the local merchants, the area, um, and, and kind of over one night a month, you know, to the mer- – I mean, they created it themselves off of what we had done, uh, which That's was only over the summer. That's such a success story that, that you then, you know, they saw that – they could, you know, do an event monthly and have people come out, and you were the catalyst to that. I mean, that's amazing. Absolutely. Congratulations. I mean, you're, you're, uh, you. the 1111 Collective is truly a, 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 is a, is a success story in terms of, you know, we're only halfway through. I mean, here you are started out and halfway through in terms of, like, what I want to talk about because I know you have big plans and more things going on and, it, and, and growth that's really exciting. For instance, we might as well go into that. Um, Well, no, actually what I want to do is talk to you about uh, your fill-in-the-blank project because that's an interesting uh, kind of formalized project that you are doing uh, related to the lifting of the mural ordinance in Los Angeles. I know you're really, really excited about that. So, um, Addie, can you tell us a little bit about that project and how it relates to, um, you know, L.A.'s uh, loosening of the the strict rules (laughs) on murals? 
Absolutely. Um, yeah, like you said, we are super, super excited about this project. Um, I don't know if uh, people are aware, but um, murals actually were illegal for about 10 years in Los Angeles. There was a big dispute with the city over uh, commercial signs and murals. And so the city placed a moratorium on all murals for about 10 years, and the uh, Mural Conservancy of Los Angeles worked really, really, really hard the past 10 years to lift that moratorium, and it finally happened. And so we are, everybody, the community, the artistic community is extremely excited about this lift of this moratorium because LA used to be, it was considered to be the LA, uh, the mural capital of the world. Uh, one of the reasons being is because we have so much, it was so spread out, the weather is perfect here, so artists can paint year-round, and, um, and now we can kind of go back to that. And so we've been working with uh, Cultural Affairs to get all the information that we need to get to register murals. And the project is basically, um, the idea is to get as many murals as we can um, this year registered and up in our city. And, of course, we are working hard with um, city officials and trying to get sponsorships and trying to, you know, get the get as much art up in the San Fernando Valley as possible in a big way. So, yeah, we're, Aaron, we're definitely excited about this. That's not as exciting. Erin, tell me a little bit about, just to swap it over to you, um, where where are you in that project? I, I believe you have had at least one mural go up, and tell me a little bit about approaching businesses about this, because, I mean, the whole mural issue could be a show in itself, in terms of why L.A. put the ban on, which has to do with graffiti and street art, and then street art becoming a true art form, and then, I mean, there's just so, there's so <laughs> much tied up in that. I would actually love to do a show. In fact, I will. I will do a show. Yeah. <laughs> <about graffiti. laughs> the whole issue in that ordinance. I'll have some people on to talk about that, because it is truly um, exciting that finally, you know, they're realizing, well, if you officially go through the channels, then yes, people should be able to uh, put up beautiful murals with the consent of the community, you know, to make to beautify the the community. So, in terms of consent of businesses, and 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 how, where are you in the process of doing murals right now? So we work with a San Fernando Valley-based muralist named Levi Ponce. Um, he has made some serious waves in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, he created the Mural Mile, which is over in Pacoima on Van Nuys. And we had, you know, gotten into contact with him and kind of, you know, built a relationship with him and have, amongst other artists as well, have facilitated a number of murals for him, specifically in the San Fernando Valley. Um, the whole process is very interesting. Um, you know, first off, finding the property owners that are interested in having murals on their property. Uh, because it's not just like the business owner, it's really the property owner. And then of course right. there are all of these, you know, rules and regulations along with that that, you know, if the business owner says, yes, do it, do it, you know, put a fine art mural up and then the, the property owner says no, or maybe even the property owner says yes, what is protecting that mural that, you know, potentially took three weeks to paint from, you know, being whitewashed when, if the property gets sold. Uh, so mm -hmm. we, through our research, you know, and now through the, the mural ordinance, um, registering these murals with cultural affairs, you know, there's a little more protection on these murals. 
Um, and, you know, we, aside from the mural ordinance, have come up with contracts and whatnot that, it, that protect the muralist as well as the image as much as possible. Um, it's, I mean, really the process starts with just talking to people. You know, <laughs> I, I can't even tell you how many times I'm driving through the San Fernando Valley, really anywhere, and I see a wall that is absolutely perfect. And it's like, oh, my God, I want to fill in that blank. Like, I want to fill in that blank. Um, and, you know, and then the next thing is just finding that that person to talk to. And sometimes that can be the hardest part is finding that right person, getting to that property owner. I mean, there are so many business owners that say yes, but then, you know, maybe they haven't even talked to their property owner in the last 15 years, which is, you know, right. a funny situation in itself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much that we've had do you have any going up or gone up or we do we do within 2013 we had three murals go up um in Reseda and we have one starting February 8th in North Hollywood in the NoHo Arts District which leads us to our next big project which is the NoHo um, mural project um, where we're looking to fill, I want to say right now we have locked in about 8 to 12 walls in the NoHo Arts District that we're looking to fill in um, or that we will That's be filling great. in. As Addie mentioned, you know, the difficult part at this point is, you know, is to get it funded. Um, paint costs a lot, you know, and so many of these artists, so many of the artists that we have on board for this project are very interested in painting for free. You know, they want to get their work up. They want to have, you know, a staple in their community as well. Um, but it costs a lot of money. You know, paint alone can sure. be two, $3,000. So that seems to be the, the most difficult point right now is just to get the funding for these murals to go up. And needless to say, it benefits everybody. You know, the it benefits the area, it benefits the artists, it benefits the communities, it benefits the, you know, the businesses. It, I, I found something really, really interesting. We went to this uh, mural panel the other day at the L.A. Art Show, and it was some of the top muralists in the um, MCLA were speaking just about murals and having the mural ordinance passed. And one of the artists that was on the panel had mentioned that murals have really become almost like a celebrity sighting. And I thought that that was so interesting that she said that, that, you know, you yeah. can pass a, you know, especially with social media being so huge, um, you know, people will Instagram a mural and then all of a sudden it's being shared all over the place and people are specifically going to certain neighborhoods to see this mural that's on the wall, you know, and taking pictures in front of it and Instagramming it and putting it up on Facebook. And I thought that was just such an interesting thing that she you know, observed. Um, yeah, she, they, yeah, she articulated that it's another way for the art to benefit a city. You know, that art yeah. benefit a city by bringing people to it. It's it, it's so true. You know, I want to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to take that segue about funding and, and approach my next subject because time is flying and I, I want to make sure I get to it. Um, we could probably talk for uh, at least an hour, but I try to keep it uh, to be a little less. So speaking of funding, I do want to have Addie um, talk to us a little bit about your big, big decision of going nonprofit. So just talk about the decision and where you are in that process and, and how you see that supporting the advancement of what you're doing. 
Well, um, we started off as a partnership, um, and we soon realized that a lot of the um, a lot of our business approach that we had with um, the art and how we were requesting funds and support from um, people, it was really to our benefit to become a nonprofit. We were actually, I feel like, before we became a nonprofit, we were acting and smelling and being a nonprofit without having the benefit of giving people, you know, a tax write-off and being able to um, have all the benefits that a nonprofit has. So we recently filed, and I'm just anxious to see what the IRS has to say about our application. <laughs> and right. hopefully everything, you know, everything went smoothly, and, you know, soon we'll have our our official IRS 501c3 status. So, That's and, and I think I mean, Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah. Um, a lot of... Um, you know, there's a lot. Of, we're not. Um, there's a lot of for-profit galleries, and we're not a for-profit gallery, even though um, that's probably where a lot of the art money goes to. Um, we're in the business of helping communities, and we're in the business of um, helping emerging talent um, get to the next step in their career, and we're in the business of doing revitalization for communities. So the the perfect fit for us was to become a nonprofit for that reason. Well, you're doing all the right things. I mean, it seems like, and I'm sure you've had some wrong moves and some detours in the, you know, uh, four years, five years that you've been doing it, but it just is a definitely a success story in terms of how you've grown and uh, the ways that you are doing support for the projects and going nonprofit and having uh, more of a base. And I, I mean, you're only going to, it's going to be truly even a bigger, bigger success. I'm so impressed with just the two of you doing this in, in the Valley. <laughs> and I want to tell people that you have a great website uh, and you have a Facebook page, of course, and you have a mailing list and you have all the things that people need to do to get involved and start, you know, attending events and participating as artists, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I urge everybody to go and check out those, that's all that social media kind of kind of stuff. And you know, in closing, I actually want to ask a question that I should have asked in the beginning, which is, where does your name come from? Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm announcing your websites and this and that, and I, and I didn't even ask that because it's just, it's a good name, and I just want to know where did that come from? So, eleven, eleven. I'm kind of a metaphysical nerd, and I love all the numerology and kind of spiritual things, and so. Uh, in you know in the in the in that realm, eleven eleven is uh, actually numerology represents idealism and visionary goals and intuition and inventive genius. So because we're an art collective, like I you know I thought like that's perfect. That <laughs> and is also, perfect. <laughs> there is a superstition that if you see eleven eleven on a clock at any given time you can make a wish and that wish will come true. And so our wish is to bring a lot of art and awesomeness to the valley. So <laughs> Well your wish is already from. coming true. So you did or did it definitely a right thing in aligning the stars and the and the numbers <laughs> for for naming your group because you really are 
having all of that come true, and it's really exciting to watch, and I will continue to watch it. I hope others will as well and get involved. And I want to thank Erin and Addie. Thank you for being here and talking to us. And, um, again, all the best. We're going to be seeing the, the, the growth of 1111 in, in 2014. Thanks for being on Just Radio. Thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for having us. <laughs> so Just Radio is a product of Just Inc., which is an artist-run company for artists. And if you are interested in getting free resources, publications, and a, an incredible software program to manage your art life and business life altogether, please visit gyst-ink.org. This has been Just Radio. Kara Tomei signing off. See you next time. When we say free, we mean it. Because at LBS Financial Credit Union, we know what free means to you. It means more savings and more access. And that's what you get with LBS Financial's free checking with e-statement. No fees, all free. Online, on your phone, and at 30,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. Visit lbsfcu.org slash free today. LBS Financial Credit Union. Together ahead. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership open to all Southern Californians. Downtown LA, where world-class athletes compete. Good Samaritan Hospital, where world-class doctors get you back in the game. The winning team practicing at Good Samaritan Hospital's Comprehensive Orthopedic Center. Go the distance in the development of surgical and non-surgical treatments. From sports medicine to spine surgery, Good Samaritan Hospital's in a league of its own. Learn more and get referrals at GoodSam.org or call 1-800-472-2737. Good Samaritan Hospital, we bring LA to life.